On today's show, the Clippers in the latest news are still apparently trying to make moves to put together a package for James Harden. And while that's going on, the Clippers training camp is underway. And there are a couple of reasons that I think what the Clippers are saying in training camp does not align with what James Harden would bring on the basketball court. Going to be talking about that and more on today's Locked On Clippers. Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in L.A. and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall. First preseason game on Sunday. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you think about the stuff coming out of Clips training camp and whether it aligns to James Harden's play style. Going to be giving two major categories, two major points of emphasis that I talked about in my last episode on here. The three themes that have stuck out from Clippers training camp. And then I'm also going to give the opposition side because people know how I feel about the acquisition of James Harden or, or trading for James Harden. But I have to give the opposing side, right? Can't just give one side like it's propaganda. I always need to be open-minded. So let's start out with the latest news coming out from The Athletic, Sam Amick reporting that the Clippers are still actively pursuing a way to get James Harden. The exact words are: were Clippers are going to great lengths to make a deal happen for James Harden. And when they say that, they mean that they've been talking to several teams about ways to move pick swaps for additional draft capital with the intention of bolstering their offer and getting a deal done. Now, what we know right now is that the Philadelphia 76ers want Terrence Mann and they want multiple first-round picks. We have a first-round pick in 2027, 2028, 29, and 30. We have a pick swap, I believe, this upcoming draft, 2024, next season. And I don't think it's that appetizing. So... The Clippers clearly don't want to trade two of those first-round picks. Apparently, according to the article, the Clippers offered the Sixers an unprotected first-round pick, a pick swap, and salaries for Harden in July, but the Sixers want Terrence Mann or another first-round pick or maybe both. It seems like Sixers fans and people are pretty adamant that Daryl Morey won't trade James Harden unless he gets a return that makes him feel like the Sixers are still chip contenders. And the Clippers, quite frankly, unless we gave them Russell Westbrook and Terrence Mann or Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell, I don't think we can give them anything that would elevate them to make them championship contenders without giving them one of, you know, Westbrook, Paul George, or Kawhi. And we're not going to do that. So I don't know how long this is going to go on. I don't know who's going to cave first. You all know how I feel about it. 
I don't want James Harden on this team. I think it is overkill in terms of ball-dominant guys. I think we don't need another playmaker because that's why we brought Russ in. I think we'll be fine in creating shots when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are on the court, which is what we should be looking at the roster like. Not what what we should have when they're off the court. That already shows that there's a flaw in the roster. When they're on the court, what is the perfect mix? What is the blend of talent that we need to put together? And I think we don't need four star caliber players. Bringing in James Harden gives us a third star, which makes us a super team by modern definition or what most people consider a super team, three stars or more. And then Russell Westbrook, he still is, as we saw in the playoffs, a star caliber player. He was still an all-star in 2021. It was the years of the Lakers that were so bad that people thought, okay, he's washed and whatnot. The truth of the matter is he's declining. He probably won't make an all-star team again, but he absolutely is an all-star caliber player, and he views himself as that, no matter what the price tag says of the fact that he's only getting paid $4 million. So I think that's overkill for one, and it's not about the egos. I understand they all know each other. They're all Southern California guys. I don't think they're going to butt heads like that. I think it's just going to come from the actual fit of playing basketball together, it not being seamless. You have two guys that when they joined up in Houston, we thought it wasn't going to be seamless. But the fact that they had no other stars to give the ball to allowed them to do their take turns thing and both be effective. But they also went to such great lengths to accommodate those two, especially Russ, that they traded away their only center and got absolutely bullied and dominated by the Lakers in the second round of the bubble in the playoffs. So... You had James Harden and Russ together, two guys that are both really good with the ball in their hands, and they're both not very good off the ball. Now, I know Russ showed some chops off the ball with his screening, some decent cutting, and, of course, crashing the offensive glass, but we tried to get him on the ball as much as we could without making it more so than Kawhi Leonard initiating offense. But James Harden, he's a good three-point shooter off the ball, but he's not always a willing catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He'll sometimes hesitate and want to get into his bag, want to get into his pick-and-roll. I saw him do it with the Sixers, hesitating to shoot kick-out threes. But when he did shoot them, he shot them at a 42% clip, which is really, really solid. But he also doesn't move without the ball. He won't come off any screens. He's very static and stagnant and behind the three-point line standing around. What were some of the complaints last year from Clipper fans about the offense, especially in crunch time? Stagnant, iso ball. James Harden is one of the best isolation specialists in NBA history when it comes to creating efficient shots in isolation. So I think it would only make our offense more stagnant. And then defensively, no one that wants Harden seems to talk about that side. They just say great offense beats great defense. That's true for an individual possession. But I don't think great offensive teams that can't really guard win championships. That's the Phoenix Suns didn't win. Houston with James Harden, actually, even though they had D'Antoni as their coach, they had a lot of good defensive personnel like Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, P.J. Tucker, uh, Clint Capella protecting the rim. So they had a little bit of everything in that regard. But James Harden, he's not the worst defender in the world. I do think he gets a bad rep on defense. I think he's actually okay. But his effort is very inconsistent. And right now we need better point of attack defense. Ty Lewis talked about it, but I want to be talking about the defense later. The main thing, so I wanted to, I'm looking at what the Clipper players and the coaching staff are saying right now in Hawaii, and the things that they are saying they want to do on the basketball court don't align with James Harden coming in. They keep saying they want to play fast, they want to run. The only thing James Harden is good for in that regard at this stage of his career is if he gets the ball from the rebound and he can outlet. 
not long outlets, but just that short outlet up to half court, all that. He's good at that, seeing the floor, throwing it up there. But that's about it. And here's the thing. You need to get stops to start breaks. James Harden does not help us get stops. We're going to try to switch one through four probably. And uh, you know what? I got to keep waiting for the defense thing. That's going to come later. But the point is, if we want to play fast, James Harden does not help that. He's going to slow the game down. He's going to want to play the half-court game, his pick-and-roll game. He and the Sixers last season were 27th in the league in pace. And that's largely because of Embiid. You want to wait for your big man to come down. They probably played a faster pace without Embiid, especially considering Maxi. But it's clear that James Harden is not going to want to run and gun. And we're not necessarily going to be a run and gun team. But the reason we're saying we want to play with more pace is because we went out and got KJ Martin. We, we're, we seem like we're looking to try to make the team more athletic and faster. And that's because of Russell Westbrook. So the main reason I keep saying I don't want Harden is because, one, adding another ball-dominant guy takes the ball away just inherently from Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi. Now, how much that affects their shot attempts, that remains to be seen. I think it will to a degree. We're going to have more options in terms of guys that can score and create, though, which is always a luxury to a degree. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be really hard if all those four are together, even with stagnant offense, in my opinion, to not get decent shots every time down. But I just don't think it's seamless and guys may be out of rhythm with lack of shots, lack of touches. You have Paul George who already, sometimes even when Kawhi Leonard doesn't play, he'll shoot 12 shots in a game. Now you add another star that's going to have the ball a lot and he's going to have the ball a lot. There is no debating that. Westbrook, I don't know what happens to him. He becomes a guy that occasionally gets the ball in pick and roll. He'll run the offense when he's out of the game. But when they're in together... A lot of just standing around, you know, waiting to cut. But when Zubats and Westbrook are in the game together, it's not always the best when Westbrook's off the ball, quite frankly. And I don't want Paul George and Kawhi. Kawhi would never be this, but Paul George to just be a spot-up shooter. We brought in Russ so he can have more spot-up looks, more off-ball actions where he can work quickly off the catch, but still be able to create here and there. Because Just because Paul George has careless turnovers at times doesn't mean he's not a good creator at all. You still want PG having pick-and-roll reps. You still want him initiating from the elbow and stuff like that. But bringing in James Harden, I think PG could have games where he shoots 8-9 shots. And look, it doesn't matter if we win, but the reason why I'm pushing back is because I don't think it gets us to the championship. And having three stars and another in Westbrook, really, like, if you don't win the championship, it looks terrible. Like, that's a super team. You've got to win the championship. And before I get into the opposition, my main point is, if we really want to play fast and we really want to push the pace, that's because of Westbrook. Why James Harden? Why do that at all? Because Norman Powell is someone who can get downhill. He probably wants to play fast as well. He'd be on the way out. And then another main reason is Bones Highland. Bones Highland has so much juice off the bounce. All the clips we're seeing of him in Hawaii right now are really great. Of course, they're highlights. So you're going to see the good stuff he does. But he was throwing left-handed, one-handed passes through the whole defense, hitting isolation. And Kawhi was getting so excited about it. There was a reaction to a Bones bucket in a scrimmage that Kawhi was hyped. And Kawhi also mentioned on media day he sees him as a backup point guard. And he reemphasized it on Saturday afternoon. He said, this season we got a back, uh, two point guards and two centers. Bones Highland's development is going to be severely hampered if we get James Harden because now we're going to be staggering Russell Westbrook and James Harden, which means that one of them will always be in the game at all times, and they're most likely going to have the ball in their hands over Bones Highland. And that means Bones is just going to be a spot-up shooter. 
Now, there's a lot of people that saying that's what you want him to be. You don't want him doing too much because his efficiency is bad and he's not the best decision maker and all that. Disagree wholeheartedly. You can't put guys that are used to dancing off the ball like Jamal Crawford type guys as strictly spot-up shooters. There needs to be a balance. And Bones Highland, the only way he's going to become better as a pick-and-roll player, and by the way, he has serious passing chops. He is a dime dropper. But what has to take time to get better is needs to get a little stronger and then a little bit more accustomed to those reads in the pick and roll and doing them frequently, having frequent reps, so then the game slows down for him. Because right now the game hasn't slowed down for him yet at the NBA level in that way. But he's got to keep going. you got to make mistakes. That's what happens. And I want him to do that. I want to be able to watch that growth. But then people want to bring in James Harden. That's going to stunt the growth. And it's not going to let us play as fast. But coming up, the opposition. People that want James Harden. What are they saying? What are their points? Going to be addressing those coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NBA preseason is underway. The MLB playoffs are underway. NFL is in full swing. You got to get on FanDuel for all these great sports. NHL's coming back as well. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every dayers, Monday on the show, going to be talking about the Clippers' first preseason game against the Jazz. It is so exciting to be able to talk about an actual game again after all these months I've been doing episodes in the offseason. It's been a grind. Some days there's not much to talk about, but we are here. The Clippers will be taking the court on Sunday, so get ready to watch from Hawaii against the Utah Jazz. But let's talk right now about the opposition to my point about Harden. Now, the main reason it seems that the people that are pro-Harden want him is because they have no confidence or little confidence in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to stay healthy. They know the games they're going to miss, and they want another star player to alleviate the pressure in those games to give them more firepower in those games. And I absolutely think that that's valid when it comes to making our regular season better. I think when we get, if we get James Harden, we will have a better regular season, even if the fit is not seamless, even if Westbrook is out of rhythm. I think just having him in the games that will Kawhi load manage, Paul George, he doesn't really load manage. According to the Clippers, though, they're not going to load manage this season. I don't believe that for five seconds. But let's say a small injury happens and like Kawhi or Paul sprain their ankle out for three games. Now when we have James Harden, we're okay. We still got that offensive firepower. Now, if we're being real, I think we may have a better chance of making the second round of the conference finals with Harden. I really do. Making it to the finals and winning the championship, I think we may have a less chance with Harden. Just because, again, I still don't think it's a very good basketball fit that's going to beat teams that are well-constructed and have the talent for the reasons I named in the first segment. 
And then James Harden in the playoffs, like we already have our doubts sometimes, some of us about Paul George in big moments, Russell Westbrook in big moments. And the great part about Westbrook is he's shown that even if he's not having a great game, he will be able to sit at the end of the game and not cry about it, not be mad about it. He With the Clippers, he showed that he was okay with that. James Harden is so good, in my opinion, he won't be able to do that. He's going to close games. And the thing about Harden, I'm not saying he's not a good closer or anything like that, but the way he has played in elimination games throughout the course of his prime, but mainly the last couple of years, because that's the version of Harden we're, we're going to be getting if we get him, is not convincing in the slightest. He was absolutely poor in game sixes, games six and seven this past season against the Boston Celtics when he had an amazing chance to eliminate them and really did win them games one and four. And then against Miami in 2022, he was absolutely putrid in that game, barely shot, didn't defend. P.J. Tucker got a bunch of rebounds against him, and he wasn't even jog- wasn't even jogging back on defense sometimes when he lost the ball. It was just the effort was poor, and I don't want somebody who I have to question their effort in big games. But it seems like to the opposing crowd, they don't really care about that. They think that having Kawhi and Paul George, Harden being the third option like he was in Brooklyn, where if had they, had they been healthy, they could have won the championship. But here's my thing. So who would have won the championship if healthy? The Nets or the Clippers in 2021? Because it seems like you, you can't have both, right? One team was going to win. Is it Harden healthy or Kawhi healthy? I don't know. But the point is the Nets did have a very strong claim, maybe even stronger than the Clippers, that had they beaten the Milwaukee Bucks, or should, should I say had Kyrie and Harden not gotten hurt, they would have won the championship. And then we wouldn't even be saying all this about Harden, wouldn't have these doubts. That's a valid point as well. My thing is this. I would be willing to give Harden a chance as a third option if we did not have Russ. But because we have told Russ when he came to the Clippers, we want a playmaker. We want a guy to run the offense. And we saw some success with that after the five-game losing streak when we first got him. I mean, that's what we gave him the keys to do. You basically saw him play with another ball-dominant player in LeBron while also having another guy they want to feed in AD. And it wasn't a good fit. And Russ wasn't having fun anymore. I know there was a lot of other factors as to why Russ didn't like being with the Lakers, but that is just a little sketchy for me. A little sketchy. And of course, there's Harden's playoff reputation and the shot distribution thing. Again, I don't think it's about not meshing as people. I think it's about not wanting to step on each other's toes. And then you watch a game and you're like, we have all this talent and we're playing against the team that, like the Indiana Pacers, But here's the thing, there's only one ball and only one shot goes up per possession, of course, minus an offensive rebound, but Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner pick and pop is very hard to guard, no matter what team you are. With that and shooters around him, the Pacers can still get a good shot every time down. The Clippers, just because they have four-star players, their shot quality might not be that much higher, and then ultimately it's a make-or-miss league for those guys. And then there's games you'll be watching that and you're wondering, how do we have so much talent and we're not winning? Because you don't feel the fact that you have four stars when they don't work seamlessly together like that. It becomes very take-turnsy. And that's how I felt watching the Phoenix Suns last year with Chris Paul, Aiton, Booker, and KD. Booker and KD, I thought, worked pretty well together, actually. Um, Especially because they're both fantastic uh, off the ball in terms of making quick decisions when they get the ball to score. Catch, work quickly. Kawhi, not as quick. But when he gets the ball in isolation, I think he works quicker than 90% of the league. 
Paul George, though, can work quickly off the catch. I love that about him. And I think the Clippers have that part, like the Suns did, but then Chris Paul became redundant. Aiton wasn't getting the ball. So again, it was just kind of overkill. And that's how I feel about Harden. Now, granted, I did say I think we have a better chance of going to the second round of the conference finals with him because let's say Paul George misses a game or two or misses a whole series. Now we have Harden, Westbrook, and Kawhi. I don't necessarily like that trio together because I just don't like Harden, Westbrook, and then another star that's not like a big man that can feed off of them a lot. Kawhi and Paul can technically feed off of them, but I think a big and guard combo is a lot more... You know, it's classic. I think that's the, the pick-and-roll duo and stuff. But yeah, the opposition is all about... And the main thing with the opposition is they just don't believe that this roster is good enough to win. And that's mainly because they don't think Russell Westbrook is good enough to be a third option on a championship team, which I guess is somewhat fair, but I want to reemphasize that we've never seen Russell Westbrook as a third option on a team that like actually fit him and was built to support his needs. He was a... Number two option and number one option, the first 12 years, 13 years of his career, comes to the Lakers, struggles immensely in that in that number, you know, that role, but in that number three role. But with the Clippers, it looked pretty good before PG and Kawhi went down. So let's give him a chance. Everyone's saying, oh, but if we waste this year when they're healthy, it's just going to look terrible. If we get James Harden, like and we still lose, it's going to look 10 times worse. I feel like putting James Harden, Westbrook, and Paul George on the Clippers is just a recipe for an epic meltdown that's going to be clowned by the whole world. And I really like the team we have now because it's really under the radar. The vibes seem incredible in training camp. And coming up, I'm going to talk more about those vibes. Another part of the team where James Harden, I just don't see how he'd help. And with the way the Clippers are emphasizing these kind of things, Makes me question it that much more. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about bird dogs. Bird dogs are the best legwear around. They make people look good, but they're also super comfortable. And bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they actually fit way better than Lulu, and that's because they're made of, not made of, a stiff, restricting cotton like most shorts. Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement so you can still do the things that you want to do without restriction. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so they're functional for any occasion just go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba or enter promo code locked on nba at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you woo 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 all right so another reason why the James Harden acquisition seems weird and doesn't fit like what the Clippers are talking about is they keep wanting to be they keep talking about wanting to be a top five defense. Let's say we trade Terrence Mann. How are we going to be a top five defense? Who's going to be guarding the point of attack? Kawhi and Paul? I guess getting James Harden means you can get Paul George and Kawhi guarding more. I guess that could be a strategy. But do you really want your two best players? 
guarding more, guarding the best players on a nightly basis as the primary defender. The thing is, Harden teams, they like to switch one through four because the one thing about Harden is if there is a place he's good defensively besides having good hands, it's you can't really bully him. He's a pretty good defender in the post because he's really, really strong. So when teams have Harden, a lot of times they'll switch one through four because teams won't really post up Harden. But, and the Clippers are going to try to do the same thing. Let's say we get Harden. Kawhi would have to play the four in that case. So all the rumors of Kawhi not being willing to play the floor would have to go out the window with Harden because Westbrook's not coming off the bench. He doesn't want to. Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi, they're going to try to switch one through four. If I were the opposing team, just go at Westbrook and Harden all game long and put them in the pick and roll with Zoo or just go at them in isolation. I don't think that's very intimidating. And then off the bench, who do we have? We don't have Terrence anymore, so we have Bones, KJ, and Nico, and Roka. Like, that does not, it's not it to me at all. If we want to really be a great defensive team and we want to play fast, I don't understand where James Harden fits into these plans. I don't. It just seems like the people that want Harden just want to stack the talent because it'll raise our floor. I don't think it raises our ceiling at all. I really don't. I think this team is a very good mix right now in terms of personnel. Of course, I've talked about it at length, but the power forward spot could use an upgrade. But right now, if we lead into Kawhi and Paul playing more of the four, if we have those two backup bigs and don't go too small, and we play Rocco instead of senior, I really think it won't be that big a deal. I, I think Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Bones, Highland, Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, maybe a little Terrence Mann, I think we'll have good shot creation the whole season. A lot of people don't trust Russell Westbrook, and I get it. Look, I was wrong about Russ, and if we get Harden, I could be wrong about Harden. But I also like the culture of our team right now. People say vibes don't matter. That's not true at all. Vibes do matter. They don't necessarily matter more than talent, but fit matters more than just talent, in my opinion, as well. And right now, everything you're seeing from Clippers training camp, all the people I've talked to that are actually there say the vibes are immaculate. Everyone is together. Everyone is smiling. The team is energized. The team is motivated. The eyeballs are not on them as much. And let me tell you something. If James Harden comes through that door, there will be eyeballs all over us. People are going to say we're a top whatever team. I love the under the radarness right now. This is very Clipper-like. Westbrook has been counted out by so many people. Kawhi's being counted out by so many people. It just feels like last season, but with minus the expectations and a much better roster. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I was just watching some of my vlogs from last season on Dime Dropper into February, into January against good teams. And there were two lineups that just made me realize how much better we're going to be this season. One was Moses Brown, Nico Batum, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, and Reggie. Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, and Reggie all on the court together against the Philadelphia 76ers with Moses Brown out there. So we have three guards that can't really guard like that. Switching one through three, we have one through three. We have one good defender and we have Moses Brown. And remember, it took not having a backup center and getting crushed on the inside when Zubots went out of the game to finally play Moses Brown out of desperation. So that's our lineup against the Philadelphia 76ers in February which is insane. And then against the Mavericks, when they got Kyrie, there was a lineup that was Musa, I think a similar kind of trio of like Kennard, Reggie, Norm, and like Rocco or something. It's just, it was terrible. Our team just is so much better now, has such better balance. Bowens Highland is our true backup point guard. Mason Plumlee is our true backup center. We still have wing options with KJ, Rocco, 
Nico, and if you count senior him as well. Norman Bones will be coming off the bench for that firepower. We have Russell Westbrook to be our floor general, to be our third guy. Who is going to be that starter, though? That's what I don't know. But in retrospect, we're going to be a lot better this year. People saying that we're just the same team going into next season. No, we're not. If you don't play senior and Reggie, it's a huge difference. I was saying in January that Reggie and Senior have been dead weight. In January, we're starting the season without one of them, hopefully without both in terms of minutes. I think we're going to be really solid this season if healthy. And I think playing fast and playing defense is great. I don't think we need somebody who also, I don't want to get into this, but I've heard some things the last couple of days I'm not going to reveal from who, but that the James Harden partying stuff is very real. He still shows up to games. He still shows up to practices. But when people say his number one priority doesn't always seem like winning a championship is of the utmost seriousness to him, I heard some things that further confirm that. So I just don't want a malcontent near our team. It's just a matter of time before things implode over here. And let me tell you one thing. There's no team that Harden's gone to and he hasn't made better initially. But have they won the championship? No. And I already have a lot of doubts myself. And I don't think Harden coming is going to make Kawhi and Paul any healthier. Because they did not get injured because of too much work. They got injured because of freak accidents. Just like Kawhi said. But anyway, that's it for me in this one. Let me know what you guys think. Where are you at with what the Clippers are saying in training camp versus how that affects or how that meshes with James Harden coming along? Do you want him? Do you not want him? I'll read the comments. I try my best with those. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more NBA and Clipper content. And Locked on Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell for all things Clippers five days a week. The only five-day-a-week Clipper podcast and coming to you from a diehard fan. And the next one will be a game breakdown. Let's go. Go Clippers. The age-old proverb continues.